Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge on Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Jay Croucher, joined as always by the whale capper, Drew Dinsick. Today, we're going to break down some of the games that are very contingent on injury reports coming out, some quarterback uncertainty. But first, before we jump into that and start off with the blockbuster of uh, Lions at Pats, <laughs> uh, which is high leverage for our Lions all of a sudden. Uh, I wanted to talk about one thing. It's a kind of an addendum to yesterday where we broke down the NFC West, Drew. So I think the best bet, this is my best bet right now on the on the futures awards market board. I think Nick Bosa is a crazy price for defensive player of the year. He's plus 650 a points bet right now. Uh, he's lapping the league in pressures. He had 14 pressures uh, against the Rams. He's leading the league in sacks. He plays for the best defense in the NFL. This award is so tied to pedigree and name. Uh, Nick Bosa has plenty of pedigree, plenty of name, number two pick in the drafts, Super Bowl, has played in the Super Bowl. Everyone knows who Nick Bosa is. Everyone respects Nick Bosa as the leader of that defense. We've all anointed Micah Parsons, uh, and that's fine. I would still have Micah Parsons' favorite in the market, but... There's still a lot of football to be played. And the Niners' defense is, I think, meaningfully better than the Cowboys' defense. And I think that Nick Bosa is a heavy favorite to beat Parsons uh, in terms of sack count just because Parsons isn't going to have likely as many pass rushing opportunities the rest of the way. So I would make Nick Bosa plus 400 fair. Uh, and uh, what do you think of that? I love this. Uh, and I think this marries perfectly with sort of my overall philosophy, which is timing your market entry. On these types of bets, the uh, Niners now make an East Coast swing through the NFC South. They draw Carolina this week, who's drawing dead. Uh, and then they stay pro- presumably stay on the East Coast, play Atlanta the following week. Uh, Marcus Mariota is going to be a sitting duck against you know, behind his substandard uh, offensive line. So Bosa is going to uh, continue to compile pressures, compile sacks these next two weeks. He's on a very, you know, a very talented D-line as well, which means that you can't put two, three hats on him. Right. Whereas Micah Parsons now has drawn so much attention from offensive coordinators, from offensive line coaches, that uh, even when he is in obvious pass rush situations, he's getting double teamed and, uh, you know, with some of the best pass blocking options that any given offense has. So Parsons 
ultimately not getting to sort of elite level counting stats seems realistic in my mind. Whereas Bosa, uh, you know, he could absolutely threaten the sack record. Yeah. And the, the, the thing with these awards is that if you start threatening records or you break something like the sack record, then you're just automatic win. Doesn't matter. Like TJ Watt last year played on a very average defense on a team that was hovering around 500. But because he was pursuing the sack record, he beat two really strong seasons from Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald just because of the stat accumulation. I think that this award as well is just so much about narrative. Like on merit, Aaron Donald might be the best defensive player uh, this year. Again, like he is every year, but he's got no narrative behind him at the moment on a flailing Rams team and a middling defense. Whereas Bosa, this 49ers team is about the defense. So what they did on Monday night, this is the best defense in the NFL. Bosa is the clear leader of that defense. You ask any NFL fan or any voter on this award, who do you think of when you think of the 49ers defense? Well, Nick Bosa, tier one by himself. And then maybe you get Fred Warner and other guys, but it's Bosa's defense. He's going to have the huge numbers uh, and he's the most deserving player on that defense. So... Yeah, just a little one to add to the portfolio, uh, Nick Bosa. Now, Drew, two teams that aren't going to feature too much into awards races. <laughs> unless uh, unless you want to talk about Bailey Zapp, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Lions at Patriots. This line surprised me a little bit. Patriots minus three just because it's going to be Bailey Zapp and uh, Bailey Zapp uh, laying a field goal to a, to a really good <laughs> offense, I guess. Uh, but yeah, what are you, what's your early read on this game? I don't know that I can walk to the window and make a bet on the Lions considering the state of their team and their injury status right now, but it is absolutely wild to see Bailey Zapp wearing points. I mean, this is, you know, if this was Brian Hoyer, I would maybe even feel more convicted in that the Lions were the right side, but um, talk about an unknown. And, uh, you know, the conservative game plan that the Patriots rolled out last week, I would expect a lot more of the same. They, They would expect them to try to lean on the run in this one. Um, and that should work. Uh, the Lions tackling last week against the Seahawks was abysmal. They desperately needed a stop to help help their offense get them back in the game against the Seahawks. And uh, they allowed a couple of busted runs to Rashad Penny. Uh, so, you know, this is a, this one is a stay away for me. But, uh, you know, if we wake up Monday morning and we kind of have a chuckle about, can you believe Bailey Zapp was laying points? Uh, I won't be surprised. This is a wild market in my mind. Uh, and in general, uh, I think this is just a sh- this is a ton of credit given to Bill Belichick finding a way to get a, a win against a Lions team that uh, seems to be kind of you know shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, is it a little bit crazy that Bailey Zapp is in a game where the total is forty six and a half? Now, understanding that the last game he was in did hit fifty one, but at the same time, I mean the Patriots had. 21 pass attempts versus 33 rushing attempts. Uh, I know that Detroit have perhaps the worst defense in the NFL alongside uh, our beloved Seattle Seahawks. Uh, But is the total of any interest to you either way? Yeah, my fair, going back to looking at the Patriots-Packers game, I did not, I thought the uh, the underbetters had a case for bad beat there. Uh, That should have gone under the total. Um, and the fact that now this total seems to be influenced by how poor Detroit's defense was last week, uh, you know, I, this is an under or pass for me. Um, I'm not really seeing a ton of momentum market either way here. So this may be a game that a lot of, you know, a lot of the players are just passing on because of the questions about what New, you know, New England's offense is going to look like. Um, but uh, the idea that Zap is going to be slinging it in comeback mode 
if the Lions can get a lead? No, sir. I'm not seeing that at all. The Patriots are going to stick to their conservative plan, even if they ultimately lose this game 26 to 10. Uh, so, you know, I think it's pretty clear, at least the side is Lions are pass here uh, and the total is under or pass. Yeah, I do think there is some upside in the Lions defense. Like I, I, upside in terms of they should be more like the 24th best defense instead of a bottom two, bottom three unit at the moment. So I don't think that they're going to be giving up 48, 51 points every week. So there should be something still to come there. And just just to uh, to dot I's and cross T's, in terms of the injuries in this game, it's Simon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift on Detroit side, and then Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer, clearly. Just before we jump into Seahawks, Saints... In terms of how it affects the spread, like what do you make the difference between Mac Jones and Bailey Zapp? I don't have a ton of margin there. And I have Zapp as a slight upgrade over Hoyer. I thought Hoyer was washed, washed, washed. And uh, Zapp at least is an unknown. Uh, yep. you know, and, and, you know, so he has a broader range of possibilities. Uh, and so for those reasons, his median is going to be a little bit higher than a known quantity, you know, like uh, Hoyer. My Mac Jones prior is you know, was perilously low. I felt like coming into the season compared to what we saw from him at his highs last year. Um, But right now, the way he's operating within this offense and what he's been given around him in terms of skill position players and and, and just in general offensive philosophy, none of it really looks like it's going to be long-term the answer there. So uh, I would downgrade Jones to, I would downgrade from Jones to Zap to the tune of about a point and a half. Um, And I think the market's making it more like three, three and a half. Yeah, I do think that with Mac Jones, that is the thing to always notice that when you're in an extremely run-heavy offense that's extremely conservative, like it doesn't matter as much, the quarterback downgrade, or at least it is minimized a little bit. I think if Mac Jones was playing the line, it's probably five and a half uh, in that range. So probably between where maybe the market's prior was uh, and your prior. Now, the game that we're most excited to talk about, we'll talk about after this promo read is Saints-Seahawks. But first... Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play. You'll have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League, where my beloved Gunners are sitting top of the table. There is also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and the Ravens in our Sunday Night 7 contest. Bengals-Ravens game that we're going to get into a lot later in the week. Still don't understand that line and why it's uh, not further slanted towards Cincinnati. Another line that we don't understand. We talked about this off air after the show yesterday, but the Seahawks are getting five and a half points uh, at the New Orleans Saints. The total is 46. Can you explain to me why this line is so big? I can't. (laughs) I think this is wrong. I think it should be three and a half. Um, Okay, so... Uh, a couple injury, couple very meaningful injuries that the Saints are dealing with, notably Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. Perhaps someone out there knows that those guys were closer to being able to go than we expected and that they're going to be fully available and impactful on Sunday, at which point the Seahawks defense is going to be under pressure. Uh, I do not expect that, the, that, you know, that, that this is going to look that much different than the team we saw on the field in London. And I think the fact that they traveled to London, spent a week there traveling home now to New Orleans puts them at a little bit of a travel disadvantage at home to the Seattle Seahawks who had to play in Detroit last week. Uh, so the kind of the X factor, the motivational stuff, you look at the record of the saints, they're one in three. They know that 
Um, but they were one and two last week. And I think they really in, in, really and truly gave every kind of key adjustment that they had, every kind of, um, you know, intangible was, you know, was pressed in that game against the Vikings to try to get them to two and two and effectively save their season. It did not come through to fruition. Uh, and so the idea that there could even be a little bit of an emotional letdown here, uh, I think is real. And, you know, in general, the if this is Andy Dalton going, the idea that you're going to get as clean a performance from him, I am not buying. And I think that in, you know, there were some balls that he threw in that Vikings game that were absolute dead ducks. Vikings weren't able to exercise any kind of uh, advantage in those in situations. But, uh, you know, Seattle, at least this defensive backfield is starting to get coached up by Pete Carroll and company. And there's a couple of players that I think are worth keeping your eyes on and on this uh, young in this young core. Uh, and so this then turns into a matter of can Seattle's offense look as good as we've seen through this portion of the season against the Saints defense that's slightly more talented than some of the defenses they've faced lately. I would still expect that to be a yes because New Orleans, again, is really just somewhat one-dimensional in terms of their coverage with Lattimore being their only true uh, CB, at least at full strength in terms of health. And, uh, you know, if, if the defensive line is not getting pressure uh, against what I think is a plucky uh, Seattle O-line, then you know, Geno Smith can carve this team. So uh, Seattle's live to get the win. Seattle's definitely live to get the cover in my mind, and I think taking the points is the right look here. Yep, this will be my favorite bet on the board right now. Seattle plus five and a half. They've got the better quarterback by a significant margin, I think. Geno Smith, what a world. 2022 and Geno Smith is giving you a significant edge in a quarterback matchup, but like, I think there are just real reasons to think the Seattle offense is good. The defense is bad, uh, and that's a problem. Uh, but in terms of the offense, I mean, they're the second-ranked offense by DVOA. They're the eighth-ranked offense by PFF. And there are reasons to think that between Geno Smith and how much of a... It's weird because he's been in the league for so long, but he's still a relatively unknown. Just He hasn't started games in a consistent string for almost a decade. They're playing with a really high tempo... They have weapons in Lockett and Metcalf and Penny, who was the best running back in the league for the last six weeks of last season, uh, just dominant in terms of yards per carry. Uh, and I think that, to your point, the offensive line, which isn't isn't great, obviously, but it's not the killer weakness that I think we thought it would be. And then to your point about the Saints' defense, like this was a defense that would have been uh, maybe the favorite or very close to the favorite to be the best defense in the NFL coming into the year, certainly one of the top five favorites. Right now, they're ninth by DPOA, and that's not good enough for this team because if you've got Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston with a fracture in his back, uh, then you need better than the ninth defense to be a playoff team. And so, yeah, I don't really understand this line. So the, the look ahead for Seattle, Arizona, uh, Seattle at home next week is Arizona minus two and a half. That Whoa. makes no sense to me. That makes no <laughs> sense to me whatsoever. To me, that line should be like pick. Uh, yeah. Or at, like if you want to have Arizona minus one, maybe I could get there. But I don't think that makes sense. I think that this Seahawks-Saints line, to me, it should be should be four. I think you have it three and a half as well. So we're both well off of market, uh, even considering that four, five and a half, we're not moving through key numbers there. But still, it's a meaningful shift. Uh, and then I think even more than that, I, I like Seattle uh, plus two and a half at home to Arizona next week. I think that will certainly shift in your favor if you are if you bet uh, on the Seahawks. Let's now. try to pick a let's try to pick apart something real quick on the Seattle offensive rating. Uh, sure. You're, you you said now uh, yesterday and again today they're number two in DVOA. That's true. Yes. 
right? And you look Apparently, at the, yeah, Apparently, adjustments hurt you there. But yeah, you're a but again, they, but they played some good. They played some good defenses in uh, in Denver and and uh, and San Francisco, and you know that th- you know through three out of those halves, they weren't incredible. Um, but you know, I would still say that the personnel that are on the field, the sum of the parts, suggests that this is a good offense. They have two very good wide receivers in Metcalf and Lockett. They have outstanding play so far by their tight ends and uh, an offensive scheme that really utilizes the tight end well. And Penny has been a breath of fresh air for going on what you know last three months of you know last two months of last season and so far through uh, four weeks of this season. So they kind of have a very impressive set of weapons and in general a pot, a good scheme. They just needed Geno Smith to perform at average or better. And so far, he's performing well above that. And you could say and look at this offense and and kind of make the conclusion that regression is due and it will come. And that may be why the market is propping up teams like New Orleans and teams like Arizona against them. Um, But there is a realistic chance we come up for air halfway through the season. And Seattle is a top 10 offense in DVOA, opponent adjusted. And we've won bets on them in consecutive weeks because the market's just rating this offense too too uh, poorly. Yeah, and this is where this is the opportunity where like a lot of long shot bets can come into play, where there's just so much variance because of Geno Smith and because the market is completely dismissing him. But there are, to your point, reasons to think that he is is somewhat real. And yes, like if you're making the anti-Seattle offense argument, you would say, well, beat up on the Falcons and the Lions who have bottom five defenses, and then did nothing against San Francisco and then ultimately were really bad in the second half against Denver. But at the same time, uh, perfect and amazing in the first half against Denver. And then also the San Francisco game, it sounds weird because they only scored seven points, but they moved the ball a little bit in that game. Gino was 24 of 30 and uh, didn't throw a pick and had a quarterback rating of 80. Like it wasn't a complete catastrophe uh, like the Rams offense was, even though the Rams scored more. I do think that, like I wouldn't write off the Seattle offense because of that Niners game because the Niners have the best defense in the NFL. So yeah, in terms of Seattle twenty to one division, Geno twenty to one comeback player of the year, Pete Carroll's like a hundred to one to win coach of the year. Like I don't think he's going to win, but at the same time, like all of these long shots, they do come into play and have a little bit more life um, than you would expect. And also bad weather in that San Francisco game, uh, which is another point in our the favor of Gino and Seattle have the number one ranking for our uh, receiving grade by PFF which helps yeah. all right before we jump into Dolphins Jets uh in case you missed it check out Matthew Berry's new show fantasy football happy hour the legendary fantasy football analyst is back with NBC and Roto World doing what he does best rolling out his love hate list breaking down who to start and sit and much more. There's also plenty of actionable information along the way for betters. So check it out weekdays in the afternoon on Peacock at 12 p.m. Eastern or listen to the show in podcast form wherever you download and subscribe. I'll be co-hosting that show through Sunday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets... First five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.com. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Okay, Dolphins, Jets. Dolphins minus three in New York. The over-under is 44 and two is not going to play. So it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. So where I want to start here is what's your adjustment from Tua to Teddy? It's, It's not very significant. Uh, I give it. I give Tua a ton of credit for the quality of play we've seen from him this season. He does look like he's taken sort of the expected young quarterback step forward, especially considering he now is in a good offensive system with really, really talented weapons. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, and he steps into that same good system with really good offensive weapons. And so the downgrade from Tua to Teddy, in my mind, is on the order of a point. 
I don't think we're talking about a huge shift here, really, in terms of expected out, out, output for this Dolphins team. Uh, I absolutely love what Mike McDaniel is doing in terms of how he is scheming this offense. Tyreek Hill is as elite as we had expected coming into the season. And he is, you know, you know, he was the he had the most juice on the field last Thursday and realistically needed the ball in his hands even more than they gave it to him. And I think Miami is live to win that game. Now, Teddy comes in with a full 10 days of preparation. I think they pretty clearly ruled out Tua uh, for this week. So he has now been getting a lot of time with the ones. Uh, We saw Teddy kind of lean into uh, some chemistry he had with the backup wide receivers. Right, right? Sherfield was getting a ton of looks and a ton of targets because that's who Teddy was most comfortable with. But now with the full week of the ones and and being able to exercise uh, a little bit more chemistry with uh, both Waddle and Hill, uh, on top of you know what everything else they have going positively with that offense, I think this is going to be a solid opportunity for Miami to really flex in this game. Uh, and the Jets' defense is not a team that I'm especially willing to go to war with. A lot of holes, particularly in that secondary. A lot of young players you can pick on. Some pretty poor safety play, especially. Uh, I saw the opportunity for some big plays, the opportunity for some, uh, you know, some home runs here, I think is, uh, is very much in the cards. The one kind of key mistake that Teddy Bridgewater made, I thought, in that game against the Bengals was a miscommunication, which, of course, you would expect when you have a backup in. Uh, so I don't really ding him for that. Uh, I think this could be uh, kind of business as usual for what is a, one of the better offenses in the NFL for Miami, which puts the onus of the cover on Mr. Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson was don't don't let the kind of final drive obscure the fact that he was quite quite poor against a Steelers team that I thought had obvious easy ways to attack and the Steelers play a very similar scheme to what Miami does except Miami has more talented players currently available uh, and is creating more pressure and has better coverage and Miami, I think, comes into this game and this, you know, with a defensive mindset of tight coverage, man coverage, force Zach Wilson to hold on to the ball too long, force him to try to, uh, you know, be creative and work outside of structure, which is where Zach Wilson has been absolutely miserable through his two years as a quarterback. And so this potentially favors heavily, in my opinion, Miami's offense versus the Jets defense. And similarly, Miami's defense versus the Jets offense. This is the real mystery for me, Jay. I mean, I know you're a numbers guy. I know you're a market kind of aficionado. The Ravens went to New York in week one as six-point favorites. The Bengals went to New York in week three as six-point favorites. Is there that much difference between a Teddy Bridgewater-led Miami team and the Bengals or the Ravens? You know why I can say sincerely no? Because we just saw Miami play those teams, and they almost played both to a draw. So it's very clear in my mind that Miami ought to be rated at exactly the same tier as Cincy and uh, and Baltimore, which means they should be like six-point favorites in this game. Yeah, and even so, like even if you just want to go off the market rating, then what, Miami closed three-and-a-half-point dogs to Cincinnati on the road, so that means that Cincinnati are one-and-a-half to two points better than Miami neutral field, so... That doesn't make up the the three and a half, three, three and a half, four point gap um, between Miami's price in New York um, and Cincinnati. So yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. This line should be bigger. I do think 
if you're concerned about Miami, I think there'll be two things. One uh, is that Teddy isn't going to provide the same vertical elements. Uh, well, Teddy threw it 61 yards in the air to us, Harry <laughs> Kill on Thursday night and was willing to make the throw and execute it. So I'm not as worried about that because Tour obviously is not the, the greatest deep ball thrower either. I think the bigger concern and the reason the market is skeptical is that the Dolphins right now have the second worst pass defense in the NFL by DVOA. And look, a lot of that is that they've played Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. So I do think that they will be, they are a lot better than the second worst pass defense in the NFL. And that will regress more towards the middle of the pack, I would think. And they have an elite run defense. Uh, so Xavier Howard, some question marks around him. We'll see what happens there, but the defense should get better. And to me, the most interesting thing now about Miami's season, if we think two is maybe going to miss another week as well, is this is a real referendum on the value of Tyreek Hill. Because I think Good. Cooper Cup, I think Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the NFL and pretty clearly. But I think if you were to make an argument for anyone else, it wouldn't be Justin Jefferson because he's just the worst version of Cooper Cup for me anyway. It would be Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it would be Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is the he's the the Steph Curry of the NFL in the way that he spaces defenses and he adds an element I think that that even Cup and maybe Jefferson don't because of the speed is so otherworldly so uh he produced pretty fun without Tua uh in the second half uh against Cincinnati I think that he will again uh and also it's interesting him seeing him in an offense without Travis Kelsey uh, and without Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things and just kind of the offense being geared around Tyreek Hill. So I think this season is a really interesting just case study on the absolute value of Tyreek Hill because if the Dolphins have an elite offense, it's going to be primarily because of him, which makes it interesting that he's 20-1 to 1 to an offensive player of the year uh, despite la lapping the league right now in receiving yards. All right, any last thoughts on this game before we call it? I can only add to the Tyree Kill discussion a bit and say that he has what Lamar has, which is gravity. Yep. Defense must know where he is at on every single snap. Yep. If you lose track of him, he is going to break you with a touchdown that is going to, you know, a home run play. And because of that, that opens up things for Jalen Waddell, who is also an elite athlete. That opens up things for Mike Gusecki, who we've seen made some phenomenal plays already this season. Um, and so it, you know, when you have a, a player that is that special in terms of just drawing defensive attention and gravity, then it makes the job of Mike McDaniel easier. He can scheme things specifically where Tyree Kill is the decoy expected to draw some attention from certain players to open up things for other guys. That makes that makes third down conversions easier, uh, and you know, just overall, just makes an offense look good. So we haven't seen a player like Hill have this kind of impact, in, you know, in the NFL in a while. Um, but uh, I would not expect this to dissipate, particularly against a defense like the Jets. Indeed, uh, agree, hundred percent. All right. We are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll be back tomorrow to break down a pretty interesting Colts-Broncos game. A lot, of, lot on the line for both of those teams, both teetering on the edge of disaster. We'll see and break down which team we think is going to uh, fall backwards and uh, not fall forwards off the cliff. Until then, uh, have a great day.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 